and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythic monsters from across the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they've had in recent culture, where you can see these represented in modern day content, that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I'm back to doing the intros, have you missed me? Just to finish off the month of July and what a crazy month it's been. We've hit 100 followers on Spotify, 300 on Twitter and TikTok, and I've had some really brilliant guest stars this month. So thank you as always for your support to everyone. Bearing in mind it's been quite intense in the UK at the moment with our little mini heat wave. I appreciate you all listening in while sunning yourselves outside. Also, I'd just like to say if you can hear any jingly bells in the background, it is my cats. They've got new collars. They hate me at the moment, so they're scratching them. They really don't like them. It is for their own good, but if you can hear the jingly bells, my editor has probably tried to capture them out, but uh, it's it's a bit tricky, so I apologise. In today's episode, we're heading back over here in the UK to commemorate Midsummer. We're looking at the complete opposite, that of a figure of death in Celtic and Irish mythology, the Banshee. The Banshee is a legendary creature with roots embedded in storytelling and folklore within the UK since the 14th century in Ireland, Scotland and Wales. They're usually depicted as ghostly women, and they are always women, with flowing red hair, a grief-stricken facial expression, eerily tall figure with a long green or white dress, and redded teary eyes. I think this description is quite hilarious, because if you don't know what I look like, you wouldn't be surprised to know, I am literally all those things, especially when I have hay fever. That's the traditional image at least, a very pure looking maiden who's very upset. Another depiction of that is a crone sitting by riverbanks or earth mounds, hunched over and possibly cleaning bloody clothing or combing her hair with a silver comb. Now these objects are both very important because finding a comb in Irish folklore would be a sign of incredibly bad luck, still is to this day, and the clothes that the Banshee would be washing would be of a very unlucky person with a very short time of existence left on the mortal coil. Banshee can also appear in other forms, such as a crow, a stoat, a hare or a weasel, all of these animals being associated in Ireland with witchcraft. This leads us nicely onto my next point, which is that most people know the Banshee from the saying screaming or wailing like a Banshee. This is because the most important thing about this monster this week is that she likes to scream. And no, not for no reason, she will only scream or appear before you if she's foretelling your death or someone in your family or close kind of contact's death. I will also just say that some families didn't have the privilege, quote unquote, of having a banshee to warn them of an upcoming passing. Banshees were only considered to appear before true Irish families, those of ancient and magic birthright, and I'll get to this a bit more later. Although I did call her a ghost earlier, they are actually considered fairies and are not inherently harmful to people. They are only foretelling death to listeners rather than actively causing it acting more like a very scary and unnecessary alarm system. Importantly though, this scream isn't always referred to as a scream or a cry. Banshees are actually keening, which is an old Gaelic word for to cry or to weep. 
There were and still are many Irish traditions who keen, especially women. Keening takes place over the body during a funeral, at the burial and the night before the burial. It's thought that keening was originally to sort out all of the deceased person's state, including the genealogy, thoughts and prayers, and mourning for the people left behind. And it would usually be carried out by one or lots and lots of women, and they would kneel, rock back and forth, clap and cry alongside the keening woman. Also, a good note is that keeners were also sometimes hired They were paid with alcohol, which was massively frowned upon by the church, as you should also think of the religious thing here too, as Ireland is very Christian, both Catholic and Protestant. So they believed that the keeners would be punished and forced to be banshees in another life. The scream of the banshee is designed to deafen, and there are loads of references in the media because of this famous trait, which as you know, we'll get to towards the end. Sometimes they're able to shatter glass even, but it's mostly just really spooky to people. Now on to my favourite part, etymology. The word banshee comes from the Gaelic term bansee, which is literally spelt bean sea, which means women of the fairy mound or fairy woman. Note too that banshees are primarily Irish Gaelic, but they were also seen in Scotland and Wales, called the bannai and the cuchelreth, respectively, in those two languages. Ban Nye is said to be the ghost of a woman who died during childbirth, and the Kuhareth is a moaning voice that sounds before a person's death. But they are slightly different, I won't massively go into them, because we're focusing on the Banshee this week, but a nice interesting fact. Now there isn't a specific point where the stories of Banshees start, however they can be traced as far back as the 8th century, which is a very long time ago. However, there are accounts of banshees as close as the 1940s, but if you do manage to see one, it will disappear into a mist in front of your eyes, with the crowing and flapping of birds' wings disguising its fleeing wisp. Now, going back to the point I made about banshees only appearing to certain people. Now, they would only appear to one of Ireland's five major families, the O'Gradys, the O'Neills, the O'Briens, the O'Connors, and the Kavanaghs. Now, some of these families mixed, and turns out that each family has its own banshee, and even followed them when they migrated across the world, mostly to the US. Although during the Middle Ages, banshees were said to follow people with a good heart who committed great deeds. Now, following this, there are stories of banshees that found their way across the ponds, across in the States. Banshees are referenced in American myth from the late 18th century. The most prevalent story is this from Edgecombe County in North Carolina. But in this story, the banshee is not really a banshee, just kind of a ghoul, and doesn't really foretell death, but it's just kind of spooky. There's also another story in South Dakota, but again, not really linked to death, but I do like the way that it managed to get across the pond. In addition to this, there would be loads of banshees who would turn up when revered or holy figures would be due to die. The most famous example of this was King James I of Scotland, who was murdered after he reported being approached by a weird Irish seer. Apparently the Banshee has a sister, also called the Lehan Seed, who was more of a succubus type of temptress who would try and win over men and use it to kill them. Over to cultural significance, with art this week there's a really great drawing of the Bumworth Banshee by Thomas Croft and Croker from 1825, but otherwise check out the independent artists from across the world. I recommend Iron Horrors has a beautiful example of a banshee that I've been using in my advertising this week. For movies and TV we have a multitude of things. Films include the Monster High film, 
Gooby-Doo, Star Wars, Clone Wars and Rebels. For TV, Banshees are in Xena, the Warrior Princess. Team Wolf, Charmed, where they had a massive part to play. Supernaturals, where they too feature a whole episode and are very scary during this episode. And the new Sabrina Adventures of, rather than Teenage Witch, not the original. And Legacies. Now, in video games this week, they're actually pretty intense. They're in quite a few things. They're in Mass Effect 3, RuneScape, Phasmophobia, Fable, Warframe, God of War, Dragon's Dogma. And the biggest thing that I really love here is they're in World of Warcraft. This one is quite special to me. Obviously, I'm a massive World of Warcraft player. So Sylvanas Windrunner, the main antagonist and one of the main characters right now, is called the Banshee Queen. She's the leader of the Undead Faction, so she's a massive, massive thing within World of Warcraft. She was primarily one of the most adored characters. She's kind of been a bit saboteur, a bit Game of Thrones. She's been a bit Game of Thrones recently. Um, and otherwise, I also really love a game called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. It's by EA. I, I recommend this for any Irish mythology fans. It's all based off of Irish folklore. And Banshees aren't massively included, but the Landsheed, which is kind of similar, is prevalent within this one. They're like a weird, ghostly kind of figure that spits poison at you. Also, fun fact, there's a few comic references with Banshees too. There's a Marvel X-Man called Banshee, who has supersonic sound powers. In the 90s, Fox Kids show X-Men with that banging theme song. He was in that. He was very Irish and had quite a ridiculous costume, but very cool powers. There's also a DC superhero called Banshee, who was in Superman comics, and with the same kind of powers, same name, better costume. My book recommendation this week is Celtic Myths and Legends by Peter Beres Fidelis, where you can read up about all of the Irish fairy tales that live within Celtic folklore. Honestly, Celtic folklore is something that is very near and dear to my heart. Having some family based in Ireland and obviously being from the UK myself, it's something that's always been quite prevalent in my life and I grew up learning about, so they are something that's really been attached. I actually remember reading this book when I was a lot younger. It came out around 2003, I want to think, so I read it probably when I was at uni, but it's a very, very good book. Highly recommend. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? You know what? I'm probably going to surprise you, but I'm actually going to say yes to this one. And you know why? It's because I feel like something like this kind of thing could exist. Hear me out now. As I said, I grew up learning about banshees and a lot about Irish and Celtic mythology. And obviously I'm from the same kind of region. So it was very embedded in my upbringing. I've known about banshees since I was very small. And my mum always made a big effort to make sure we knew about them. Considering Irish myth, it is a very superstitious place with local legends, and I can see how a myth like this can carry within families and with foretelling death. However, the other hand of this is that it very much could have been owls, because, get this, the Irish and Celtic armies trained up owls in order to screech whenever an army was approaching and would warn the defending army of their arrival. So actually, they were very, very helpful, but could have totally been mistaken for a banshee scream. I tell you what, I do love them as a monster. I think a monster that forewarns death is very poetic and mournful. And I love the idea of the family set banshee that just kind of follows you around when a relative is near death. Like a more spooky siren, and this time I do mean the Ninor. I love even more that actually the depiction of the now apparently really sounds like me. And I hope I don't make anyone think that I'm mourning anyone of death. I'm definitely not trying to do that, I swear. 
It's it's very much a redhead thing. I don't mean to. Banshees are actually some of my favourite myth monsters, as I said. As I grew up learning about Irish myths and legends, as my granddad has a fantastic knowledge bank of information on anything Irish in his head, as we do have that Irish ancestry somewhere along the line, he taught me all of this. They're always one that I've linked back to and loved the idea of. But I just generally really love the spooky ones, and I do think this one could be the real deal, you know? Now next week, we're heading back over to Japan. It's been a while, so we're going to hop back over to the pond and see how they're getting on. And we're going to look at the weird little turtle, Kappa, who needs to keep a constant pool of water on the top of his noggin. Come paddling in next Thursday to find out more about this little monster. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can be found at the shiny new website, mythmonsters.co.uk. Hop on over there and see what we've got going on. So come join the fun and share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. And I'll see you later, babes. Thank you.